0: Um earlier this year, I found myself in a line wandering through to the Thai customs booths. And as we slowly meandered along that line, as you do when you enter those when you enter any country, actually, you just seem to stay in lines for a very long time. Um, up on the screen was this was this picture, uh, the picture of the boys in the cave. And there was a great celebration taking place within Thailand. People were very, very proud of what had taken place in that rescue. There were 12 boys, one coach, 18 days They had been in this cave in northern Thailand. There was a great sense of pride throughout the nation. Um, Of course, Australians felt some of that pride as well with people like Richard Harris and his dive partner, Craig Challen. The the APF and Navy and other people were involved as well. In fact, they tell me around about 10,000 people were involved in that particular rescue. And I remember at the time how that just captivated our hearts, how it, it, people were glued to the TV and glued to this uh, amazing rescue. And in many ways, it was humans at their best, uh, using their power and their expertise and experience in the service of others. And there's something really attractive about people using their power in the service of others. I think of Don and um Stevens who founded the Mercy Ships. I, don't, I watched a doc, documentary on them recently. They have built ships with uh, surgical facilities and they take them around the world to very poor countries where they do surgery. They're Australians and they founded that and that's continued over many years. Or I think of Catherine and Reg Hamlin who've brought dignity to uh, 55,000 women through their fistula organisation. Or just recently, even close to home, I just a couple of nights ago, uh, we had someone who climbed the fig tree, as they often do, and uh, fell out of it, and the police and the ambos turned up. And they were just brilliant in the way they treated the person who was obviously very ill and lying on the ground. By the way, if you know anyone who wants to climb the fig tree, can you please ask them not to, because that's not the first time we've had to pick up people off the ground. For some reason, people just fall out of the fig tree. Anyway, it's wonderful to see people using their power in the service of others, and it's just a delight and something quite heartwarming when we see that. However, it's also true to say that human beings don't always use their power in the service of others. I think of uh, the Saudi crown prince who ordered the killing of that journalist, Jamal Khashoggi, and I suspect that many of us would feel that our politicians, some of them at least anyway, this year haven't covered themselves in glory and certainly not used their power in the service of others. And perhaps more devastatingly and more, serious, more seriously, there have been two royal commissions this year, and they shone a light into places that were really terrible, where people abused the power that they had, uh, into institutions where people were not using their power in the service of others. And, of course, that is just devastating. And every time I think of it, just sadness fills my heart that people would do that. Uh, Social media, of course, is swamped by examples of this, Uh, people abusing their power. Um, I remember just one recently, it came across my Facebook um, group, the 2042 group, which is the Newtown group. And um, someone had posted this. Uh, This is apparently outside a cafe in uh, Dulwich Hill. Uh, and so, to the to the four came a group called Christian Lives Matter, um, and I, I think then I don't I, they have some association with churches, but they obviously a bit vigilante in the way that they go about things. And so they took great offence at this sign and spread the fact that this sign was at this particular cafe, and um, according to some reports, managed to get the supplier of the coffee beans to that cafe to stop supplying that cafe, shamed them into not supplying beans anymore because they had this sign outside. Of course, there was predictably another group of people who, with self-righteous indignation, uh, took to Facebook, sneering at those who held held the virgin birth, suggesting that people who hold these views are unintelligent, deluded dinosaurs. Of course, they use stronger language than that, but that's what they meant. Um, Shaming Christians for the views they, they hold like that hasn't happened before and like that would change things in the future. Both groups clearly were not using their power in the service of others. Neither of them had reflected on their own views very deeply and neither of them were choosing to serve other people in the community. Of course, the problem is far worse than governments and institutions and trolls on the internet. The problem is far worse because it involves me and it involves you. Uh, So frequently I'm aware that I fail to use my power in the service of others. Sometimes that's deliberately and sometimes that's by omission. I just don't notice. And I suspect we've all felt that moment when we have felt very ashamed of not using our power in the service of others. The truth is our world is a pretty messy place. And not only do our governments and institutions and people online contribute to that, but so do we. So do we in our everyday relationships. It's no wonder that at Christmas time so many families struggle to have some kind of civility in their meeting together, where their tensions are high and people are not using their power in the service of others. From our reading in Isaiah chapter 9, we have this mess described as darkness. A deep, deep darkness. A darkness which Isaiah tells us that we are unable to escape by ourselves. Now I'm not suggesting that there aren't sometimes glimmers of hope, that sometimes people do use their power in the service of others. We've seen that already. But there is a deep, deep darkness that pervades our world. And if we return to the story of the Thai boys, I think it works a little bit like this. As they were trapped in the darkness of the cave, of course, they had torches. And so they used their torches sparingly to shine a light, to give themselves hope. But the truth of the matter is, no matter how the boys use their torches, those torches would eventually run out. And the darkness would have enveloped them for good. As I grow older and as I've watched my parents die, I cannot but be struck by the fact that if I used all my power in the service of others, if they'd used all their power in the service of others, it would not be powerful enough to drive away that darkness. I won't live long enough, and the light won't be strong enough. It is impossible for us to bring about the change that is needed in this darkness. For all those seeking to serve others with their power, it in the end won't be enough to eliminate the darkness we go back to the cave and think about what took place there, we notice that as the boys used their torches and they grew dimmer, their hope grew dimmer. But imagine that moment when into that dark cave, a light came from the outside. When those first rescuers came and they saw the lights coming through the cave. Imagine the thrill in their hearts as they realized that there was a moment, there was a possibility that they might be rescued. And then imagine their hope as it grew, as they worked out how to take the young boys through the tunnel of death, because literally that's what it was. Someone died there. But as they went through that tunnel of death and came out the other side and celebrated the warmth of the sun, The light, the joy of being in the light, the joy of being out of the darkness. What a beautiful moment. You can imagine that their hearts were filled with hope and wonder at the beauty of the light and the sun as it filtered through the trees. The Christmas story, reminds us that there is such a light in our darkness. The only hope that we have in our darkness is a rescue that is mounted from the outside. As we read in these verses, the people are walking in a darkness and they have, what? Seen a great light. On those living in the land of darkness, a light has dawned. Notice the light doesn't come from within the people. The light is dawning on them. It comes to them. It's something that they see beyond themselves. And the Bible tells us that this is not an ideology or a concept or a thing. This light is a person. And Jesus says, as he speaks to his people, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. This Christmas, we are celebrating the fact that God has reached out to us in his son. That Jesus left all his power and majesty and he used his power. In the service of others who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, rather made himself nothing by being in very nature a servant. A God who seeks to use his power in the service of others. And as he does so, he brings a light into this world that deals with our darkness It's as if Jesus travels down that tunnel of death and reaches out to us and holds us and using his power brings us out of the cave of darkness and death to feel the warmth and the beauty and the light and the wonder of the sun. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas time. that we might be rescued out of that darkness. Jesus says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And as that shapes us, as that self-sacrificing love, as that choosing to serve others with his power, so envelops us, So then we, in his power, may learn what it means to live our lives in the service of others. And so this morning, as we celebrate this wonderful season, I invite you to consider this Jesus, this person who comes to us in our darkness and shines a light. For the light has dawned.